The Shabbos before Passover is known by the name Shabbos Hagodel, the big Shabbos. Why is the Shabbos before Passover called the big Shabbos? One of the reasons is because on that day, when the Jewish people were in the land of Egypt, they gathered and they chose for themselves a sheep. And they took it from the barn and they brought it inside to their house and they tied it to their beds. And this was the Shabbos before Pesach, the Shabbos before they left Egypt. And this was in order to prepare for the Paschal lamb that was a sacrifice that was slaughtered right before the eve of Pesach. And on this day, the neighbors of the Jewish people, the Egyptians, see that they are gathering these sheep, bringing them into the house, and they begin to ask, what is happening? Why are you taking sheep into the house? Normally sheep go out of the house. And they told the Egyptians, we're going to take this sheep and slaughter it, because the sheep is the god of the Egyptians. And we're going to slaughter the god of the Egyptians. And furthermore, we are denying idolatry in total. And then we're going to take the blood and put it on our doorposts. And God is going to jump over our houses. Pesach means to pass over. And he's going to kill the firstborns of the Egyptians. This is what the Jewish people are telling the Egyptian people. Now, the Jews had a very good track record because for nine plagues, Moses warned the Egyptians he was going to bring these plagues upon the people, and it happened. Now he's getting serious. Now he's getting personal. Now, he says, each of the firstborns are going to die. Now, there were families that had more than one firstborn, because if the man had three, four wives, then each one was a firstborn, etc., etc. So people now were scared. And so the firstborns go to Pharaoh, and they say to Pharaoh, look, Pharaoh, we are the firstborns of Egypt. Please let the Jewish people go. Let the slaves go. Now, Pharaoh himself was also a firstborn. He was also concerned, and he also had his firstborn. Yet, Pharaoh said, no, we will not let the people go. God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. And so what happened was, a civil war breaks out between the Bukhidim, the firstborns of Egypt, and the army of Egypt. And they clash, and they destroy, and they kill, and they annihilate one the other. This is called Shabbat Hagodol, the big Shabbos, when there was the big miracle. Again, this was the 10th day of Nisan, on Shabbos, and the Jewish people left on Thursday, the 15th day of Nisan. And so each year we commemorate this Shabbos, the Shabbos before Passover, when this big civil war took place. And we call it Shabbos Agadol, the big Shabbos. This is 
the simple pshat interpretation of why we celebrate Shabbos HaGadol. Now, what is the lesson for all of us? This took place more than 3,300 years ago, yet we celebrate it every year. What is the lesson and the message for all of us today? And how do we, we take this energy of Shabbos HaGadol and move on into the future? The Remez. It's important to note that the date of the official exodus of the Jewish people was the 15th day of Nisan, the day of Pesach. And that is called the Ketz. That was the time designated from the very beginning of time that God told Abraham, your children will go into a land they do not know, but the day will come, they will be freed. That day, the 15th of Nisan. However, even before that day, already, there was tremendous transformation that took place. Number one is that Pharaoh himself, Pharaoh himself helped the Jewish people leave. It says, He forced them to go. There were those who did not want to leave. I want my house. I want my possessions. I want my, 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 my chickens. I don't want to leave. Now, the truth is they left with everything. But still, I don't want to move. I'm very happy here. I like the real estate. I'm getting good money every month on the rent. I'm not leaving. So Pharaoh has to push them out. He's forcing them out. But really, he's helping them leave. So already before the actual date for the coming of Mashiach, the nations of the world are going to help the Jewish people to leave the Golos, to leave the exile. Furthermore, before they left, we know, they went to their neighbors and they said, we would like to borrow your candlesticks. We would like to borrow that beautiful gold bracelet that you have. We would like to borrow those golden bechers, kiddush cups that you have, that you use for your daily drink for wine. We would like to, uh, to borrow, you know, that um, beautiful, beautiful watch that you have with all the diamonds on it. We'd like to borrow that one as well. And they borrowed all the jewelry and all the silverware and all the garments because the garments they wore were gorgeous. They had beautiful rubies and precious stones on them. I saw you wearing that uh, dress to the wedding last week. I think the size fits me perfectly. I'd like to borrow that as well. According to some of the commentaries, they didn't actually borrow it. They were given as gifts. They said, we would like you, you, like you to gift us these items. Now, the Egyptians wanted the Jews out. And so they gave them all of these things. Now, this happened before the actual exodus, which implies that even before Mashiach comes, because what happened at the exodus will be really the prototype of how it's going to be the ultimate redemption. As we say, Just like we left Egypt, so too we will see wonders when Mashiach will come. So the ultimate redemption is really based on the first redemption of, of Egypt. And so already before Mashiach comes, there will be tremendous wealth in the world and the Jewish people will have a lot of money. This is part of the prophecy. This is part of the plan of what is supposed to happen. Furthermore, there was a civil war. Why? Because we want the Jewish people to go. In other words, we, the nations of the world, 
understood that they have a purpose and that they have a mission, and that is to inspire their friends, the nations of the world, the non-Jews, to inspire the other nations of the world, the other non-Jews, to do whatever they can to help the Jewish people prosper and to live a life of freedom and to get the Jewish people out of the world of oppression, out of their bondage, and to bring them to a better place. So this is the hint of Shabbos HaGadol, the hint of the going out of Egypt, that it's a lesson for all of us to actualize this redemption now and to visualize this redemption in our daily lives. What is the, the halacha connected to the day of Shabbos HaGadol? What is the drush? On the day of Shabbos HaGadol, this big Shabbos, which took place originally on the 10th day of the month of Nisan. Each year we celebrate it on Shabbos. Now the question is, most holidays are celebrated by the day of the month, not by the day of the week. So Pesach sometimes falls out on one day, another year another day. So the 10th of Nisan is not always Shabbos. Why then do we celebrate Shabbos HaGadol, this big civil war, when the firstborn of the Egyptians fought against the army of Egypt on the Shabbos before Pesach? One of the reasons that is given is that Miriam, who was the older sister of Moshe, passed away 40 years later on the 10th of Nisan. And therefore, when the tenth of Nisan falls out during the week, in her honor, there's a fast day. Now, today we don't fast, but years ago they did. And because it was known as a fast day, they didn't do it on Shabbos, because on Shabbos you don't fast. So they established Shabbos Agadol, the big Shabbos, the Shabbos before. And then the tenth of Nisan, that was separate, because that dealt with the passing of Miriam. There's also another Halacha, another law connected with Shabbos HaGadol. And that is, most of us know that at the Pesach Seder, besides eating a filter fish, right, we also read the Haggadah. And that's the main reason why we come to the Pesach Seder, to read the story of the Exodus. Now, according to the Code of Jewish Law, it says, in Simin Taflamit, which is chapter number 430, that the Shabbos before Pesach, on Shabbos HaGadol, one is supposed to read the Haggadah. So after Mincha, after the afternoon prayers in the synagogue, we actually read part of the Haggadah starting from after the four questions. The four questions we leave for the children at the Pesach Seder. And in truth, we are all children of God. But we start the Seder from... We start the reading of the Haggadah from Avadim Hayinu that we were slaves to Pharaoh in the land of Egypt. And we go through the Dayenu till the end of Lachaper Akola Venisenu to be atoned for all of our sins. So this is an actual custom associated with Shabbos Haggadah. And therefore, even if you cannot make it to the synagogue Shabbos afternoon at home, you should take your Haggadah. 
and pull it out of the closet and open it up and say, hey, let's read now the Agadah of Passover. So this is Drush. Soid, what is the esoteric? The actual victory and civil war of the firstborns against Egypt is not mentioned in the Torah. Where is it mentioned? Where is it hinted? It's actually hinted in the Tehillim, in the book of Psalms, Psalm number 136. And we say it every Shabbos morning in the synagogue. And that is, there are 26 verses in that chapter. Verse number 10, verse number 10, alluding to the 10th day of Nisan. It says, To smite Egypt with their firstborns. Which means the firstborns fought against Egypt. This is the hint to the civil war that took place, Shabbos Agadol, the Shabbos, before the exodus of Egypt. And then we conclude, Ki li'olam chazdei. Right? For, forever, God's kindness continues to shower over us. So this is, this is the concept of Shabbos Agadol in Jewish law. Now, this is the concept of Soid. This is the concept of the esoteric as well. And there's another concept. And that is that on the 10th day of Nisan, 40 years later, the Jewish people crossed the Jordan. They crossed the Jordan. And that is they went into the land of Israel. So they left Egypt on the 15th of Nisan. But they were there for 40 years in the desert. Finally, Joshua takes them over, brings them into the land of Egypt, brings them into the land of Israel, when? On the 10th day of the month of Nisan, the Jordan stops flowing, the water piles up like a wall, and they walk through the Jordan until the other side, into the land of Israel. So it says, on this day, they, they came up from the Jordan. Alu, they came up from the Jordan, came up out of the Jordan on this day. So what's going on over here? On one hand, it's connected with the, the, the letter Yud, the 10th passage in the Tehillim 136. And as we stated earlier that the passage or the Psalm 136 has 26 verses alluding to the name of God. Because God's name, the Yud and the He and the Vav and the He, God's tetragrammaton equals 26. So on one hand is 26. <clears throat> on the other hand, on this day, the 10th of Nisan, they came up from the Nile. How does all of this come together? There's a mitzvah every day to remember going out of Egypt. Every day we have an obligation to remind ourselves that we leave the land of Egypt. Now why, why every day? I have to remember what happened over 3,300 years ago. Why isn't it good enough once a year, Passover, have a seder, have some matzah murr, four cups of wine, gefilte fish, all this delicious chicken soup, and, and, and meat, etc., etc.? Because the answer is, that the word Mitzrayim 
Egypt etymologically means limitations, means oppression, means borders and constraints. And that is every day we have to leave our Egypt. Every day we have to go beyond our accomplishments from the day before. Yesterday's accomplishments is today's Egypt. And so today we have to move on to the next level, to the next level of redemption and to leave our Egypt behind. And so after 40 years, the Jewish people come up from the Jordan, an additional elevation. They continued to go out of their Egypt. They continued to soar higher and higher and go into the land of what? Israel, which is called Eretz Toiva, a land that is good, Urchava, wide. It's expansive. To continue to expand, to continue to grow, to continue to thrive. And this is also associated with the name of God. Why? Because when Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh for the first time, they said to Pharaoh, Koi Amar Hashem. Koi Amar This is what God, the Tetragrammaton, says. And Pharaoh says, I don't know your God of the Tetragrammaton. I don't know your God who's the four-letter name of the Yud and the He and the Vav and the He. I only know Shem Elikim, Elokim. I only know the God, Elokim, equals 86, the God of nature. I don't know God beyond nature. All of our gods here in Egypt, including the Lamb, are all gods of nature. You're a God beyond nature. I never met him before. I don't know who he is. Moses and Aaron said, Pharaoh, you'll get to meet him very soon. You're going to have ten plagues, and then you're going to know who God is. And it's only with this knowledge of God that there is a God beyond nature, beyond time and space, that we have the capacity to grow every single day. Because if not, we say to ourselves, I did my best, I did my all, I can't do any more. How much more does God expect of me? How much more can I really do? And the answer is, you are not alone. You are not limited. You have within you a soul of God who is beyond time and space. You have a part of God literally inside of you, inside of your soul. And because of that, we have the capacity to actually leave behind our limitations. And every day it's expected of us to grow more and do more. To take it one more step. Hasidus asks the question, why do we celebrate Shabbos HaGadol, this big Shabbos? A day which is when the enemy of the Jewish people, the firstborns, fight against the Egyptians. Now, they had a civil war. It wasn't about us, it was about them. So why are we celebrating a holiday that happened to them, not our own holiday? So one of the answers is that Jewish people like to get their noses into everything. What does that mean on a more spiritual level? The Rambam teaches us that we have an obligation to teach the nations of the world the seven Noahide laws. We are a light unto all the nations. We need to teach them ethics and values. And this war started, how? Because when we took the sheep and we brought the sheep into our homes, the nations of the world said, what are you doing? And we told them, what we're doing is we're making a declaration that no more idols. And you have to get rid of your idols because you too are children of God. And therefore, they were teaching the nations of the world 
already then the seven Noah had lost. And this caused the entire civil war. So really, this is part of our heritage. This is part of our obligation to, to influence the nations of the world to serve Almighty God. On a deeper level, Hanukkah, Purim, Pesach, what happened? The enemy came and fought against us. Or we fought against them. It was us against them. So on Purim, we gathered the troops. We were victorious. On Passover, they were running after us. And the sea split. And they were all consumed by the sea. But again, it was us against them. The unique approach of Shabbos HaGadol is that we didn't have to fight our enemy. The enemy fought the enemy. Our own enemy fought against the enemy. Whenever we fight against an enemy, there are casualties, there are losses. We could lose on our side, and then there are losses on the other side. Here, the enemy, the firstborn of the Egyptians, fought against our enemy. They did the work for us. This is the greatest miracle. That's why it's called the Shabbos HaGadol, the big Shabbos, alluding to the big miracle, that we didn't have to get involved in the whole war, but the enemies fought against the enemies. And this is really how it will be when Mashiach will come, that we will have the capacity to transform even the negative and make that positive. That everything in the world will become a vehicle, a channel to serve Almighty God. And this is the great, the great miracle of this Shabbos. And I want to end with one final story. In 1944, Rabbi Aaron of Bills, after surviving the Holocaust, came to Haifa. And there, it was Shabbos B'Shalach. It was the Shabbos that talks about the exodus of Egypt and the splitting of the Red Sea. And the Chassidim wanted to hear words from this big tzaddik. What is he going to say? Words of consolation, words of inspiration. After suffering a loss of six million of our brothers and sisters. And he sits down at the Tish and Shabbos. And he begins to, to speak and to teach and to teach the homiletics of the parasha. And he says like this, after the sea split and the Jewish people came out on the other side on the seventh day of Passover and the enemies of the Jewish people were totally consumed by the water, Moses turns to the Jews and says what? Let's sing. Let's start singing a song. Comes along Rashi, the classic commentator, and says, by the way, from this statement, we learn that there will be in the resurrection of the dead. That's what Rashi says. Out of left field. Out of left field. He says, from this song, we learn in Torah, we learn that there will be the resurrection of the dead, that every Jew that died will be returned soul into their body into their youth, forever and all eternity. So the souls of our beloved departed, the husbands and the wives and our parents and grandparents are all coming back. Why? What's the connection? The connection is because the word us means then, in the future. In the future, Moses sang. But really, it was the past. It was really the present. But the Torah uses the terminology us. Says Rashi, from here we learn the resurrection of the dead. Now, seemingly there's no connection between the story 
of the splitting of the Red Sea and the resurrection of the dead. Says of Aaron of Bells as follows. says, all of us are here today. We have suffered losses. People have died in the gas chambers. People have been shot. People have been tortured. Yes, we made it to Israel. Yes, we are now in a secure environment. But how can we sing? How can we sing when we know there has been so much death and torture and loss in the world? Now, this was the same predicament, the same problem that the Jewish people had when they came out of Egypt. Moses says, let's sing. How can we sing? We know that four-fifths of the Jewish people did not make it out of Egypt. Four-fifths died in the plague of darkness because they did not believe in the Exodus. We know that thousands of children were thrown into the Nile. And they died, and they didn't make it out of Egypt. So yes, one-fifth comes out. We were survived. Now, Moses, you want us to sing and celebrate? How can we celebrate? We just lost parents, children, cousins, relatives over the last few days, over the last few weeks, over the last few years. It says, Moshe, oz yashir Moshe. We're not singing now. We're singing for the future. The story does not end here. There's a continuation to the story. We're only in the middle of the book. We didn't get to the end. And there's a sequel. And that is, our children are going to come home. The the sequel is that our husbands are going to come home. The sequel is that our parents are going to come home. They're going to be resurrected. So even though now it's challenging, now it's a bit difficult, now we still feel the pain and loss. Oz, Yosh, and Moshe, we have to sing. And this is a proof that there will be the resurrection of the dead. And so when we celebrate this Passover, and we eat the matzah, we drink the wine, don't think about the past exodus. Think about the future exodus. Think about the resurrection of the dead. Think about the splitting of the Red Sea. Feel and visualize the coming of Mashiach speedily in our days.